It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10 threes. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the real He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. It's a Wednesday episode. We do not have a guest for you today. A little scheduling thing came up, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to have fun. That's what we're going to do. We're about six weeks into the year. A lot has been going on. So we're going to just a big, big picture look at the league and some fun other segments. So I'm really excited about this episode. You know, the guest is rescheduled, so that'll be coming soon. But today, we wanted to have an episode like we do every Wednesday, and let's just have some fun with it. Producer Conrad's out here. We're going to go around the league. We're going to do a bunch of segments. Producer Conrad, where do you want to start? What, what are we starting with today? You know, something I think would be pretty fun here to do would be uh, the top performers from every division. We'll start with the AL East uh, and the number one position player in the okay. AL East currently. All right, I like that. So a position player, a pitcher, and the best team from every division. We'll start with the AL East. My best position player in the AL East, top position player, Aaron Judge. A- Aaron Judge is an MVP candidate right now. He might be at the top of that list when it comes to AL MVP. He's bet on himself, and he is winning. It's You, you absolutely love to see it. A guy that had a ton of money, life-changing, world-changing money thrown at him, and... He said no, and he bet on himself, and he's out there absolutely killing it this year. Could win an MVP. Aaron Judge, top performer, top position player so far in the AL East. Um, pitcher for me. We're also going to stick with the New York Yankees here, and not the guy you would have thought to start the year. You hear New York Yankees, pitcher, best one, you think Garrett Cole. Uh-uh. Nestor Cortez, top pitcher so far in the AL East. It has been Incredible. Nasty Nestor, they call him. A guy that you wouldn't think, based on his stuff, he's not throwing 98 miles an hour, but he just pitches, and he changes it up on you. Everything moves. His fastball plays up. Nestor Cortez has been fantastic so far this year for the New York Yankees, and that leaves me with the best team in the AL East, and it is those New York Yankees. The Yankees right now are the best team in baseball. I have them at the top of my power rankings. They've been number one for three weeks in a row. So, obviously, they are on top of the the AL East for best team there. This is fun. I like this. Yeah, absolutely. I like what we're doing here. We're six weeks in, and this is fun to do. Where where, where are we going next? It's extra fun when you can include Aaron Judge. (laughs) I mean, like, this guy's just been playing unbelievable. I think right now he's probably AL MVP. Um, Yeah, I agree. But, you know, let's move on to the AL Central. AL Central, position player, pitcher, best team, hit it. Okay. Position player. I am going Byron Buxton. It, it has, when, when he is on the field, which he has been this year, he is an MVP caliber talent. And it's so fun to watch him. So my position player for the AL Central is Byron Buxton. Pitcher, I'm going with Dylan Cease, who won, if this were best mustache, it would be him, but it's not. It's best pitcher in the AL Central, and it is still him. He's punching out everybody. He's throwing hard. His slider's disgusting. I mean, even in the game, he, he had one bad game the other day, and he still struck out like 11 guys. Dylan Cease, there was a tweet up that I need backup. But Dylan Cease has been punching out everybody. He has been really good. Nine strikeouts for Dylan Cease the other day. He had 11 on an outing that he wasn't very good. Dylan Cease, best pitcher so far in the AL Central. Best team, Minnesota Twins. Ooh. You, yeah, you would have thought the Chicago White Sox, it's going to be easy in the Central. They're going to win it. They're going to win it running away. No, right now. And, and this isn't just who, who's leading the division, okay? That's important to add. This isn't who's leading the division. This is who is the best team in the division. And I'm right now saying it is the Minnesota Twins who are in first place. The White Sox just aren't playing 
as good as they should be. And the Twins are playing great baseball. It's a lot of fun to watch. They have a starting pitcher in Joe Ryan that has been fantastic. The, the lineup has been really good. Correa has been, been out for a little while. He was just starting to get hot. Buxton's an MVP caliber talent. I really like what the Minnesota Twins are doing. And to me, right now, the Twins are the best team in the AL Central. Is this like the most shocking thing so far this year when it comes to team-wise? Is it the Minnesota Twins? Is it the Angels? Because I think everybody, everybody had the White Sox running away with no fight in the AL Central this year. I think there's a couple surprising things. They would absolutely be one. Um, them being as good as they are, I think, is a little bit of a surprise. When I think like surprise so far this year, I, I go kind of in the disappointing direction. I, I think the Mariners have been a surprise that they're just not great. They're not clicking yet. I, I predicted them to, to make the playoffs and to end that playoff drought. Uh, to me, they have the pieces there to be successful. So when I think of a surprise this year, on the positive side, yes, certainly the Twins are in that discussion the Mets are in that discussion. Um, and, and on the other side, I'm probably going Mariners, Blue Jays to this point. Sorry to, sorry to bring in your Mariners like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came from. We're talking about the AL Central. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's, you know, yeah, let's, 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 yeah, yeah. I surprised you. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did surprise me. I felt, (laughs) I felt attacked for a second there. Uh, Let's move over to the AL West. Yeah. AL West, biggest surprise. The Mariners stink. (laughs) No. Uh, All right. So AL West, top position player so far. Another surprise here. Taylor Ward. Who? Taylor Ward. Learn the name. He is. The be- he's the best position player there right now. He might be the best position player in baseball. Taylor Ward is the first Angels right fielder with two grand slams in a single season since Vladimir Guerrero in 2005. Not Vladdy Jr., because he's never played for the Angels, but Vlad Sr. in 2005. What he's doing has been incredible. What the Angels have been doing has been incredible. Nobody expected them to be as good as they are right now and he's a big reason for that if you look at the angels team everybody says okay why are they good mike trout shohei otani that's why they're good why are they really good this year taylor ward the starting pitching the bullpen taylor ward has been a big surprise and it has been um vital to their success this tweet was awesome the great thing about taylor ward this isn't just some fluky hot streak He's a great hitter that has been through it, grinded like crazy, and is finally flourishing. He's representing everything that's great about this game. Taylor Ward, for me, AOS right now, top position player, is him. It's pretty cool. On to the pitcher. Top pitcher in the AOS, Justin Verlander. Yes, my brother. It has been... It's been remarkable what he has done this year since coming back from TJ. Oldest, second oldest pitcher to, to come back and pitch in the major leagues after Tommy John surgery. And this isn't me picking him. I would actually do the opposite. I would stay away. Producer Conrad can even vouch for this. If, if I, wouldn't, I would go the opposite direction unless I was forced into picking Justin. And guess what? I'm here right now to tell you the top pitcher in the AL West after almost two years of not playing in baseball and getting surgery and coming back is Justin Verlander. Justin, in 2022, has a 1.38 ERA, which is a career best, a 0.68 whip, which would be a career best, 69% strikeout percentage, career best, 0.833 win percentage, career best, 170, this is an advanced metric, batting average on balls in play. I don't know if that's considered an advanced metric, but regardless, career best, 4.34 hits per nine inning, career best, oh yeah, and he's 39 years old. <laughs> Career best. I'm throwing that one in there. He's never been 39 years old before. That, that's just wild. <laughs> it's just wild what Justin has been doing this year. And it's been, as a fan of the game, incredible to see. And as a family member, uh, it's it's been really cool. And it's been really special for me and him and my family to see him go out there originally every six days and now on an every five-day schedule and to see him doing what he is doing. So in the ALS, Justin Verlander, top pitcher. I mean, your, your brother won the Triple Crown of Pitching, right? An MVP as a pitcher. 
like what is, what has changed now to where I mean if these if these are all career bests like growing up your brother was just absolute nasty I mean I, I'm from the Ohio area like the Cleveland always watch Indians against Detroit games and your brother was just absolutely amazing but like how is he having career bests now he you know he's talked about this a good bit and, we, and we've talked about this together when he came up and for the first few years first many years of his career he just had better stuff than anybody. He threw 103 miles an hour. He had a wipeout curveball. He was nasty, but that's what he was. He was a thrower. He was just throwing his nasty stuff. Now he's a pitcher. He's learned how to pitch. He's learned how to prepare. He prepares better than anyone now. He never really used to do that to the degree. He never did it to the degree he does now. Now he's in the film room taking notes, you know, learning a scouting report, all of that stuff. And he knows how to pitch which is a big difference. There's a difference between being a thrower of a baseball and being a pitcher and knowing how to pitch. And now he has all of that experience that he's built up over the entirety of his career, and he's channeling all of that into where he is now. And he's now pitching. And it's been really cool to see the transformation of, of how he's gone from just knowing he has some of the best stuff in the world and I'm going to get you out no matter what, to knowing, okay, my stuff's not as good. By the way, he hit 98.3 miles an hour the other day, 39 years old, throwing over 98. Um, So his stuff's still incredible. This stuff is still there and really good. He just knows how to use it now. He knows how to pitch, how to approach guys, how to read a scouting report, how to get them out. And I think that's been the biggest difference this year. Yeah, I mean, they kind of say that about the great ones where you have the overwhelmingly good stuff when you're younger, the athleticism, you have that extra oomph. And then as you get older, the great ones usually separate themselves by picking their spots. In this case, being a pitcher, learning to paint the strike zone, just learning how to get people out, not so much overpowering. So it's, it's great to see. I mean, the fact that he has all career best coming off Tommy John surgery at 39 years old is absolutely remarkable. Yeah, and it's great for the game and also plays for the best team in the AOS. That is right. Best team. AL West. You know, we talk about the Angels a lot, as we should. Obviously, I talk Shohei. I I talk about the Angels. They're really good this year. It's fun for baseball. Let's not get it twisted. The best team in the AL West is the Houston Astros. They could be, and very well might be, the best team in the American League. So yes, in the AL West, it's still the Astros. The Angels are really good, and I'm hopeful that the world gets to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. The world deserves Mike Trout in the playoffs. But aside from the world deserving it, Mike Trout deserves to be in the playoffs. That's what, that's what the people want to see. That's what should happen, and I hope it does happen. But I do think this division is still the Houston Astros. I think they are the best team in baseball, uh, or the, the best team in the AL West for sure. And I didn't overthink this one. I'm not going to overthink it. Houston Astros, best team AL West. Can I tell you how frustrating it is days like yesterday where I'm watching the Mariners get shut out 3 nothing, and you're over here tweeting the Astros just broke a, an MLB record or tied MLB record <laughs> with five home runs in an inning. I'm just sitting there like at my computer like, man, can I get a little bit of that offense? I would love a little bit of that offense right about now. And I, between the Angels and Astros, both of them seem to have prolific offenses. The ALS, man, they got they got some contenders. I, I know we talked about it briefly a little while ago, but and, and this isn't a joke. I, I am disappointed in the Mariners this year. Um, I, I really like this team. I still do like this team. And look, it's early. It is very early in the season. They could very well go on to win a bunch of games and get into the playoffs. They are that talented. It's just been it's been disappointing to see where they're at at this point and to see guys underperforming what they can and then. You know, I, I just wish they were better. I think it's a lot of fun when the Mariners are winning to see the fan base in Seattle rally around them. So uh, we don't need to talk about it too much, but I, I was serious and I wasn't just joking earlier. It, it has been a disappointment to see where they're at so far this year. Well, I'm glad we're we're both seriously disappointed because you know you know how much <laughs> I, I love my Mariners. So uh, let's move on to the NL and we'll start with the NL East. National League East top position player Bryce Harper one UCL. He's got a torn. UCL and what he's doing has been spectacular. Coming off an MVP season, he's just continued to be fantastic. And the Phillies are starting to turn a corner. They're playing well. They went in and almost swept 
the Dodgers in a four-game set at Dodger Stadium. They end up blowing it and losing on, on Sunday. But still, a really good series. Bryce Harper has been phenomenal this year. Top position player, NL East, Bryce Harper. The pitcher. This is a surprising one. Because I, I like looking at the ones that it's okay. At the beginning of the year, there's certain ones that are no-brainers. Uh, NL East top pitcher, it's going to be Jacob deGrom. And if he's hurt, God forbid he hasn't pitched, it's going to be Max Scherzer. No, that is not the case. In the NL East, the top pitcher, Pablo Lopez. He has been phenomenal. Lights out. In his latest start, seven innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, 11 Ks, which was a career high. His stuff is moving all over the place. It is fun watching him pitch. I told you, we're going to have fun this episode. Whether you like it or not, that's what we're going to do. And Pablo Lopez is fun. He has a 1.05 ERA, lowest for a Marlins pitcher through his first seven starts of a season. Continues to throw his career, his changeup at a career high rate to, to get great results. That's what, that's what jumped out to me the other day. I was watching him pitch. And his changeup is it just drops off a table. In the baseball world, that's called a Bugs Bunny changeup. It's just nasty. The more I think about it, I don't know why we call it a Bugs Bunny changeup. Maybe because it... It's cartoonish? I, I, no, it's... I don't know. I don't want to speculate. And be, but it is. And, and it's called a Bugs Bunny changeup, and he has one. This is one thing that I absolutely love about baseball compared to a lot of other sports. Uh, I think the NFL kind of has it too with undrafted free agents and, and stuff like that. But in baseball, year to year, you know who the stars are going to be. And then there's always a bunch of guys that really, really surprise you. You don't know who it's going to be like for Taylor Ward, Pablo Lopez. Yeah. It's just so impressive. And like the way these guys have to grind for years and years and people not knowing who they are. And then they have a big uprising. It's like, wow. Yeah. I hope everyone can just appreciate what he's doing because he is he's killing it. Yeah, yeah. It's been really cool. So we've covered two teams, Bryce Harper, Phillies, Pablo Lopez, Marlins. Now we're going to cover a third for the best team in the NL East, the New York Mets. The Mets have been fantastic, and the Mets aren't going to met. That saying needs to go because this team is the real deal. Steve Cohen has built a fantastic team. That, that does it all. They pitch really well, and then you have guys go down and get hurt, like Jacob deGrom, and you have other guys step up, Tyler McGill, uh, Chris Bassett. Like The names go on in that rotation. It's been really good. Their offense has been good when one guy... That's, that's, the, that's why this team is good this year. You know, in previous years, when Pete Alonso struggled, the Mets weren't good. And then you bring in Francisco Lindor, and he didn't have a great year last year. So then you, they're just not very good. Or they have the potential to to blow a good lead in the division. This year, there's just a ton of other guys that are capable of producing. And when one guy isn't hitting well, others are stepping up and being really good. Jeff McNeil, who's a friend of the show, by the way, early early on, friend of the pod, has been really good this year. And the, the new guys have been awesome. The New York Mets are really good. Edwin Diaz in the back of that bullpen. When he comes into pitch, Sugar. The, the trumpets start playing. People in the stands start playing the trumpet, and then you start realizing nobody really knows what a trumpet is because people in the stands are like, they, it's not a trumpet. I don't know what they think they're playing, but it's been, when he comes in, it has been electric. And the Mets are electric. Baseball in Queens is back. New York Mets, best team in the NL East. No complaints there. The Mets are absolutely great. Yeah, Edwin Diaz, big fan. Gotta I'm love serious. Him. If, if you haven't watched, when, when Edwin Diaz comes in the game, it's like some people are playing a harmonica. Some are playing the guitar. It's like, do people know what a trumpet is? They're playing his song, and he, they show people in the stands, and it's like, what, what are you guys doing? No, and Sorry, if, I had to go off on a little. If people haven't seen it, please look up the video <laughs> of his intro because it really is absolutely electric. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just perfect for the entire uh, situation. Let's move on over to the NL Central. NL Central, top position player, Nolan Arenado. His name is up there for MVP right now, in my opinion. He's come over, and this is what I love. I, I love that he's having the success that he is. Because he comes over from Denver 
last year. He's so he's on he's on the Cardinals obviously last year, and he was good, but he's great this year. And I just love it because there were so many people that were saying the course field effect. He's not going to be near as good. He has been phenomenal. He won NL Player of the Month for April. Uh, Arenado's the first Cardinals third baseman to win since Ken Reitz. 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 I don't know. Sorry, Ken. From, from May, in May of 1977. This is the third time Arenado has won the award. He did it in 15 and 17. So this is his first time with the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado this year has been fantastic. And, and I hope he, they're going to duke it out in the NL for, for MVP. And his name will be in contention there. For pitcher, best pitcher in the NL Central, I'm throwing a curveball at you. Reliever, closer, Josh Hader. I'm going to throw another curveball at you. Josh Hader could win the MVP this year. He's going to be in that MVP conversation. He is doing stuff that has never been done before as a closer. He has now come in to 14 games. He has 14 saves. So every game that he has appeared in, he got the save. Also, another piece of history. History for Josh Hader as he reaches 500 career strikeouts. He did it in 20, 293 and two-thirds innings, making him the second fastest in history to that milestone. Josh Hader is doing fantastic things. I believe his... his streak of of coming into games and every game he comes in getting a save is the top in history it is the longest streak in history to start the year it's been he's been lights out and and you might think I'm kidding his name can be in that MVP discussion I, I really believe that what Josh Hader is doing is historic it is dominant it's dominance like we had like he is hands down the best closer in baseball, but it's it's not even a discussion. When he comes in, it's game over. He has been proving that this year. Quite literally, every game he has come in, it is game over. Every single game. I it could be it could be crazy. I, I know a closer, we haven't had this discussion really since what Zach Britton with the Orioles back years ago, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's a little out of the realm of possibility. He is absolutely fantastic, though. I get, I get what you're saying, but it's it's hard to bring someone in that has what at the end of the year. If you have 50 saves, that's considered a tremendous season. Yeah. I mean, how many saves does he have to get for you to be like, yeah? If I have a, a MVP ballot, I'd vote for him. If he goes, if if he goes perfect, right? If he doesn't blow a save all year. He continues to be as dominant as he is right now. And the Brewers are good. And, and I know this doesn't matter. I do think they have to do some damage in the playoffs. I think they have to get into the playoffs. I think they have to make a little bit of a push. And then I think there's a chance. Um, I, you know, I, I know it's low probability. I'm not saying, like, right now, like, he has just as good of a chance as Nolan Arenado. No. But he's doing historic things, and those those matter in in terms of MVP MVP voting. Like, yes, having a perfect season as a closer is a great thing to you know that matters. But doing historic things along the way, like breaking the all time record for con, you know consecutive outings that you come in on that you do record the save, like that stuff does matter. And I'm not going to say Josh Hader has a 50-50 chance at this point of winning the MVP award, it might be a 5% chance. But the fact that we are talking about a closer being in that discussion, and although it's me talking about it, I made, I came up with that. But the fact that we are able to even think about it is pretty cool. For me, Josh Hader, hands down, best pitcher in the NL Central. Uh, and best team is his team. We're going to stick with the Milwaukee Brewers their entire pitching staff. I, I could have gone with a, a, any, any one of those. I was thinking of a big word to go with there. I almost went with plethora, but I decided against it, just FYI. Uh, just in but, case you forgot what it meant. No, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I could have gone with a cornucopia of guys there. I could have gone Corbin Burns. 
I could have gone Freddie Peralta at this point in this year, and Josh Hader has been phenomenal. So um, the, the Brewers live and die with this pitching staff. From, from the top three in that rotation, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, back into that bullpen, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, that's what this team is built around. And then when they start hitting, oh, man, that, that's what takes them to that next level. So th- that's what I think is cool about the Brewers. I don't know if it's a recipe for success in the playoffs, and they haven't yet proven that. But what's cool about this team in the regular season is their pitching staff is good enough no matter what that they're not going to go on like awful skids, bad stretches. Like I think when the offense isn't playing well, this pitching rotation has the ability to make them a 500 team when the offense isn't playing well. And then when the offense is rolling, like we saw for a stretch over the course of the last couple of weeks, then they're one of the best teams in baseball at that time. That's what I think makes the Brewers good is they're never going to go through awful stretches, and when they hit, they're really, really good. Brewers' best team in the NL Central. Yeah, it's hard to go against that. I think last year we saw that in the playoffs where we were going through your bracket trying to figure it out, and the one theme that you had in your mind is you're like, I think this is the year that pitching is dominant again, and that's kind of how you went through the bracket. And then instantly after two games, it was like, nope, it's all offense. Yeah, and that was... You know, I I was wondering, like, is there a shift in in playoff baseball? And that's right around the time we had Alex Avila on the show. And I asked him that because I, I've always said pitching wins in the playoffs. And the Brewers aren't winning in the playoffs. And, you know, the White Sox, who had a great rotation, weren't winning in the playoffs. Obviously, they lost to the for the what turned out to be the AL champs. But and Avila said, no, that, that is what wins in the playoffs. So. I at least felt good about that. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on to the NL West and talk position player first up. Right now, this is Nolan Arenado's competition for MVP. Manny Machado has been he has been great. There there's no, you know, you can use any adjective you want there. When Fernando Tatis goes down and you start worrying about the Padres, you needed to get production elsewhere and Manny Machado has been that guy that not only stepped up and was was good for Manny Machado, he has been he has been above above. I mean, he is he is hitting everything hard at this point. He's playing good defense. What Manny Machado has done this year has been fantastic for the Padres, and I have said they just need to tread water until Tatis comes back, and he is a big reason that they are doing just that. So Manny Machado top position player in the NL West and probably if 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 we were doing this if we were to do top NL position player it would probably be him right now to this point really 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 good out there um pitcher top pitcher in the NL West Zach Gallen the name that nobody you know what you were talking about earlier the name that you know guys that just step up and I don't want to say come out of nowhere because he's been really good, but guys that you don't think about that just step up and, and now they're here. The, the best pitcher in a division to this point that has the Dodgers and has that great rotation. He's been awesome. Zach Allen is a 0.95 ERA. It's the lowest by a starting pitcher in his first five starts of a season in Diamondbacks history. History. He's been a lot of fun. So have the Diamondbacks, by the way. Credit to them for being where they are at this point in the year. With a roster that nobody thought would compete with with the best teams in the division, they are. They're winning series against the Dodgers. They're above 500. It's been a lot of fun to watch them. Zach Gallon's a big reason, a big part of that top pitcher in L. West is him. All right, rounding this all out, we're finishing up in the NL West. We're finishing up with the best team. Yeah, I didn't overthink this one. The Los Angeles Dodgers are the best team in the NL West. Now, you know, first place out there is, is fluctuating. Padres, Dodgers, Giants are up there, but it's the Dodgers. They're the best team in the NL West. Full roster, you know, they have a full roster. It's complete. They have a great offense. They have a good pitching staff. They're the best team in the NL West, Conrad. I don't, I don't know what else I can tell you. That one was pretty simple for me. I didn't overthink it. It's not really that close if you're looking at the numbers. I mean, a plus 81 run differential. I mean, they've only allowed 117 runs this season, the second highest in the division. I mean, they're pitching. We were talking about the offense coming into the year. You add Freddie Freeman, 
We talk about, oh my God, this offense is going to be fantastic. Now, the lineup is fantastic, but you have a lot, you have guys in the lineup that are underperforming what they should be, but it's still been good. This has been the rotation. The Dodgers' rotation is what's been spectacular. And that's why they're the best team in the NL West. That's why they are one of the best teams in baseball right now and will continue to be all year long because they have that fantastic lineup and now their pitching is doing what it's doing. It's, it's, it's incredible. Absolutely is. What else is incredible is your all flipping bats 25 and under team. Yes. Let's get Good to this. Point. Good transition there. I like that. So, like I said earlier, this Wednesday episode, normally our guest conversation, we weren't able to do that today because of a scheduling issue, um, but that will come out soon. But what we did want to do is just have a lot of fun with this episode, and that's what this, that's what this show is all about. And we also like to highlight good, young, and exciting players. And what better way to do that than putting together my flipping Bats all 25 and under team? Now, this will be something that we can, I will keep going, and, and we'll have guys that age out, and we'll go from there. But for now, we're going to go through each position, my all 25 and under team. Now, the criteria, if you weren't able to figure it out to this point, is simple. You just got to be 25 and under, and you can be on this list. So where, where do we want to start? Are we starting with catcher? Yeah, let's start with catcher. All right. Catcher on my all 25 and under team. The only one on this list that hasn't yet played in the big leagues. Adley Rutschman. I, I'm a big believer in this guy. He would be making a difference at the big league level right now if it wasn't for the injury that he had to, to start the year. But he's coming. And he's coming fast. And he's been a top prospect in baseball for a couple of years now. Switch hitting, catcher, good defense, power. He's the full package. So when I look at the catcher position, I think this is a clear cut and dry one. Even though he hasn't played in the big leagues, it's Adley Rutschman. All right. Over to first base. This is another pretty easy one. First base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you're right. This is an easy one. Almost won MVP last year. If it wasn't for one of the most incredible seasons that we have ever seen in an unprecedented season from Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would have won the MVP award. He is on this team easily. This was, this was a no-brainer. Vladdy Jr., first base. Moving over to second base. Friend of the pod, Jazz Chisholm Jr. Friend of the pod. Just had him on recently. If you haven't listened to his episode, I, I, I'm not just saying this. If you haven't listened to Jazz Chisholm's episode, go back and listen to it. Um, he is a brilliant baseball mind. It is so fun hearing him talk about baseball, and his play on the field speaks for himself. So we talked about all of that. But he is really young. He is really exciting. And on top of that, he is really, really good. He is my second baseman on my all 25 and under team. Heading over to third base, Austin Riley. Got to see him live and in person last year for the World Series. That's right. World delivered. Series champion Austin Riley is the third baseman. Um, so he could, he's probably, I think he's going to be the first one to age out of this team. Uh, he is 25, still qualifies, put up MVP-like numbers last year, was, was getting MVP votes. Austin Riley is fantastic. I like him a lot. I really like what he does for the Atlanta Braves. I like how much his defense has improved. I like, you know, when he first came up and made his debut and took the world by storm, he struggled for a little bit after that. And then he came back last year and proved, no, that, that is who, that, that was who I was. That was who I am. And he is an MVP caliber player and he is 25 years old. So he is able to be on this list. He's my third baseman. Coming in shortstop, another layup. Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, you know, this ended up being, uh, yes, this is the answer. But Wander Franco deserves to be talked about and deserves to be in this discussion. Bo Bichette as well could potentially be in this conversation. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is the clear-cut and dry answer to this question. My all-time, my all 25 and under team shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr., Ford, over 40 home runs last year for him. When he's, unfortunately, when he's on the field, because he's dealt with some injuries now in, in his career with his shoulder and now his wrist, when he's on the field, he's an MVP guy. 
He made that huge contract at the begin- in the offseason from last year and then just went out and put up MVP numbers. He was so, so good. He is the guy. When you look at this show and like what embodies this show and having fun in baseball and playing it well, but playing it and having fun and being good for the game of baseball, like the name you look at, the name you go to is Fernando Tatis Jr., right? Yeah, and I guess that's what I meant by a layup. You know, you're talking about a guy that's been a perennial MVP candidate. The Wander Francos of the world, they're obviously ascending. They're they're going to be there very soon, and Wander's already extremely talented. But, but he is there. Yeah. Fernando I mean, Tati. We, we can slug Wander in as, like, utility guy. He can come in, <laughs> play a bunch of different positions. I think he'll be fine. Let's move over to the outfield. We're going to start with Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, so we're going to do three outfielders, um, not in any particular position. First up, Jordan Alvarez. The fact that he is still he's still able to be on this team and he's still young enough is ridiculous. He's also, I have a point to make that I didn't even know I wanted to make. We need to talk more about how good Jordan Alvarez is. I feel like we just talk about him as being like, oh man, he's a good hitter. No, Jordan is one of the best hitters in baseball. Hands down, there's no way around it. He is a top hitter in Major League Baseball. At, at a very young age, what he's able to do, going the other way, going the other way with, you know, hitting balls in the gaps, hitting doubles the other way, hitting balls with power the other way, pulling balls 450 feet. I mean, he's incredible, and he's not just a power hitter. Jordan Alvarez is one of the best hitters in baseball, hands down, period. He could, he, he could be in this discussion for all MLB team. So he was also an easy one to be on this list. First outfielder, Jordan Alvarez. Next up, outfielder, Ronald Acuna Jr. Another easy one. You know, we just talked about it with Fernando Tatis. Like, he embodies what this show is. He embodies having fun playing baseball. Ronald Acuna Jr. in the outfield is for sure here. I I love watching Ronald Acuna play. It was tough watching him go down with that injury last year. He brings so much energy, so much passion to the game, we've seen it immediately. He immediately made an impact when he came back and hit that home run, did the LeBron James celebration. LeBron tweeted about Ronald Acuna. Like, how cool is that? How good is he for the game of baseball? One, he's vital to the game. But two, he is just really, really good, really exciting. I think he has the potential to be a 40-40 guy at some point in this league. That's assuming that the Braves allow him to run as much as he can, you know, there's a lot. When you have a guy like that, I understand the team saying, hey, pump the brakes on the bases a little bit. Don't go crazy. But he has the potential to go 40-40 in the league and be one of the few that has done it all time. So he is on this list. My last outfielder, Juan Soto. We've now been talking about Juan Soto for, it feels like, five years in Major League Baseball. And he is still young enough to be on this list of 25 and under players. Juan Soto is, I think, the best hitter in baseball. When you're just talking about hitting, I think he's the best hitter in baseball. When I mean, what he did last year, participating in the home run derby just to fix his swing, nobody does that. All we've been hearing forever was, ah, yeah, so-and-so's not going to participate in the home run derby because he doesn't want it to mess up his swing. Juan Soto, who's one of the best hitters in baseball, participated in it just to fix his swing and then went on to have an absolutely incredible second half of the year. Juan Soto rounds out the outfield on this top 25 and under team. We do need to talk a little bit more about Juan Soto, though. I I know I've been hitting you up the last couple days just being like, I keep seeing stuff on Juan Soto and it's a hard thing with baseball with him playing in Washington now. He's not a part of a contender. What this guy is doing is just kind of unheard of. And, you know, I mean, there's a couple of tweets that I saw recently. You know, Juan Soto and Ted Williams are the only players in modern era with 100 plus home runs, 400 walks and 500 hits in their first 500 games. <laughs> like, it, yeah. like, Will, could Juan Soto could be the best hitter we've ever seen. Yeah, I, I mean, that is a a... That is a bold statement, and it's not like out of the realm of possibility to say that. When you're talking hitting, he's putting himself in a category 
with only Ted Williams. And many people consider Ted Williams to be the greatest hitter of all time. And now he's doing stuff that has never been done since Ted Williams, and it's only Ted Williams that had done it. 100-plus homers, 400-plus walks, 500-plus hits in their first 500 games. That's remarkable. He is the best hitter in, in the game right now, and he's still really young. It is cool to be able to do that and to, to, to be able to, to say what you just said. He could be the best hitter ever. And to not be like totally off base, that's pretty cool. We're putting him, not we, he has put himself in a conversation and a category that only Ted Williams is in, who is, in many's eyes, the best hitter in baseball. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Like Again, I just keep seeing random things on Juan Soto, and it's one of in the baseball world, it's weird. There's certain guys that get talked about a ton, and then there's some guys that deserve to be talked about a ton, but nobody talks about that often. Yep. And Juan Soto, to me, is one of those guys that needs more love. Let's move on to your pitcher, Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan, this year, the ace for the Minnesota Twins, comes up, and nobody expects him to be as good as he is. He's the opening day starter for the Twins, and people are saying, okay, the Twins won't be very good. Who is Joe Ryan? I'll tell you who Joe Ryan is. He is an incredible pitcher. He is a stud. He has stuff that plays up. His fastball isn't the fastest in the world, but he just people people aren't hitting him. He could very well be leader in the clubhouse for AL Rookie of the Year at this point, and he is on this list as my top pitcher, top starting pitcher on that's 25 and under. Let's move on to closer. We'll round out this list. The closer. We'll finish the list with the closer. That's kind of fitting. Emmanuel Classe, Cleveland Guardians. Throws 101-mile-an-hour cutters. What more do you need? Clean, cut, dry, Emmanuel Classe. Throwing 101-mile-an-hour cutters. Easy. <laughs> this was an easy answer. You know what, though? I got to give some love to a guy that hasn't even gotten drafted yet. Ben Joyce, University of Tennessee. Throwing 105, 105.5 miles an hour. <laughs> He very well could have been on this list. There was no, there's no criteria. He might be on this list here soon, though. But Emmanuel Classe rounds out this list. Pretty, pretty incredible when you look at it. Adley Rutschman, Vladdy Jr., Jazz Chisholm Jr., Austin Riley, Fernando Tatis Jr., Jordan Alvarez, Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Joe Ryan, Emmanuel Classe. This might come off as dumb. In MLB right now, this team assembled would be the best team in Major League Baseball, no questions asked. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No questions asked. This would be this would be the best. Like this lineup right there. I mean, that's an all-star lineup. I you can't you can't hear our director in your ear. He's I cannot. Go, he's he's going kind of crazy saying there's absolutely no way the catcher hasn't even played in Major League Baseball yet. Oh my god. Okay. I'm looking at this right here. Are you right kidding here. me? I don't Adley Rutschman, one, is is a big league talent. He he just got hurt. I don't care if he's played in the big leagues or not. Also, bat him in the nine hole. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about having the rest of this team. I'm not going to go through the team again because I just named them all. But there is no doubt in my mind, if this team was a team in Major League Baseball, they would easily be the best team in the game. Ronald Acuna, look at this outfield. Jordan Alvarez, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto. Like, this is hands down the best team in baseball. They might even go undefeated. Just kidding. They wouldn't. I read an article the other day about the odds of a, of a team going undefeated. We can get into that another day. Not yeah. today. I'm assuming, I'm assuming not great odds. Not, not, not great, but minuscule. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to one more thing here. We have a little segment that we're kind of introducing now called Real or Mirage. Ooh, real we kind of get to figure out whether it's real or if it's mirage. fake. Yeah. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Let's start off. You know, we're, we are going to start off with Juan Soto is the best player under 25 right now. Uh, that's real. That is real. Juan Soto is the best player uh, under 25, hands down. I mean, we, ju we just talked about him uh, in depth. But when you're putting him in a category that he is only with Ted Williams, who is considered, like many do pick him, and saying Ted Williams is the greatest hitter of all time, and they wouldn't be wrong. Juan Soto is in a category with just Ted Williams. That's pretty special. Easily, this is real. Best player under 25 in Major League Baseball. Next up, Taylor Ward. 
That's that's it. Just Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward. That's, that's real. I mean, Taylor Ward is the real deal. <laughs> I mean, it's been really cool to see because you talk about the Angels. Everybody points to Shohei and Mike Trout, obviously. But what he has done, the Angels are as good as they are this year. One, because of health of their team. Two, because of Taylor Ward. His breakout season has been remarkable. Multiple grand slams already this year. He has nine homers already, and it's the middle of May. Taylor Ward is real, and he is really important for the Angels. <laughs> See what I did there? Didn't, didn't. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Up next, the White Sox as contenders. Real. Real. I, I like the White Sox. I, I think their team is is really good. But but they have to they have to pick it up. It's time to go. The White Sox are real, and that's my answer. All right. Aaron Judge, AL MVP. Ooh. Hot take. Mirage. Ooh. Yeah. I think the I think the AL MVP is going to come out of the AL West. I do. I, I think we're talking. I think we're talking Shohei. I think we're talking Mike Trout. I think we're even talking Taylor Ward at this point. I don't know if Taylor Ward can keep this up. I hope he does. But anytime, look, while Shohei is doing what he is doing, how do you not, how do you not pick him for MVP? I mean, he is two all-star players in one. I love what Aaron Judge is doing this year. I love that he's able, I love that he's able to go out and turn down a contract and bet on himself and lead the majors and homers. But this was a hard one to say because he very well he is in that conversation right now. But I'm gonna say Mirage for Aaron Judge winning the AL MVP. Spicy. All right. Last but not least, the Dodgers still winning hundred plus games this year. Yeah, this is real because I don't think they are even close to clicking on all cylinders. And they're on pace to win 100 games. And you have guys in the lineup like Max Muncy, Justin Turner. Um, Mookie's now starting to get hot, but hadn't, hadn't been hitting very well. This lineup, I don't think, has scratched the surface of what they can be. Now, the pitching rotation, can they continue all year to be as good as they are and have been? Probably not. But where, where, where that regresses a little bit back to the mean... The lineup is is incredible, and they haven't even really started clicking yet. So to me, Dodgers, 100-plus wins, that is real. All right. I love to see it. Next up, we're going to do a little superlatives. You know, this is something that we haven't done before also, but I think this could be a lot of fun. Okay. Let's start uh, the, the first one. Pitcher you want on the mound for Game 7. Pitcher that I want on the mound for Game 7. Whew. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Justin there. I'm gonna take Justin who has been um, incredible throughout the course of his career, has shown that in big games he can step up and be the guy. The moment is never too big for him. So game seven of a World Series, I want my brother on the mound and I am going to be an absolute big ball of emotions and a wreck when it happens, but that's who I want. All right. I mean, that's an easy one, I feel like. I yeah. mean, he's been there, done that. Yeah. Next up, pitcher to strike out the side. So you have to have one pitcher that has to get you three strikeouts, get you out of a jam. Jacob deGrom. deGrom is my answer there. Pretty pretty easily. He he has he's the best pitcher in the world. Um and he throws over 100, his slider's like 93. I mean, that that's an easy one. Jacob deGrom for me, if I needed to strike out the side, if if you if you were to tell me that there's going to be a game one day where Jacob DeGrom breaks the all-time strikeout record, I would believe it. So this is he's the answer there. I thought you were going to go with Josh Hader. No. I would, no. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> the reason, so Josh Hader, what he's doing this year, yes, unfortunately DeGrom isn't, isn't pitching right now, but that would have been a good answer. You're right. I'm not going to change it. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in the world, so how you know, I, I'm fine with it. All right, next up, a base runner guaranteed to steal second. Imagine there is something huge on the line, like the entire country getting free tacos if somebody can steal mm. second base. Who would that person be? 
if that were to be a thing, when there's a if it were to base, be a thing hypothetically, the whole world gets a taco. Um, whoo, this is tough. There's a few names that come to mind. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Trey Turner. Um, I don't think you can go wrong there. He steals a bunch of bags. Fun fact: I played against Trey Turner in college. We played a two-game set against NC State, a midweek midweek series, two games. Trey Turner, seven stolen bases. <laughs> pretty fast. Yeah, pretty pretty fast. So he's my answer there. All right, next up, leadoff hitter with the game on the line. Ooh, leadoff hitter, game on the line. Jose Altuve. Um, whew. Yeah, I'm going to go Altuve. Jose Altuve has been a fantastic leadoff hitter. He loves to ambush guys, first pitch swinger. Uh, it just constantly seems like in a big game, Altuve leads off and hits a homer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Altuve hitter game on the line leadoff guy. Surprising to go with Shohei. Uh, wait, so is that like Shohei's not leading off? Is this like? I mean, technically he was a leadoff hitter at one point this year, right? Didn't start the year leadoff. Yeah, you know I, I go back. I'm, I'm, he didn't even to me. It was Jose Altuve and George Springer. There. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And the crazy enough, they both played together for, what, yeah. four or five years? Yeah. So, yeah, I went with Jose. Um, maybe maybe there will be another question here where I can fit George Springer in. I don't know. All right. Last one that we have before we wrap it all up. Bases loaded cleanup hitter. One cleanup hitter, bases loaded. So, like, does it have to currently be, like, hitting cleanup or just somebody you want? Yeah, like, like someone that consistently is hitting in the four hole. Okay. Um... Bases loaded, cleanup hitter. I am going to say Jordan Alvarez. What what he has done since he's come in the league has been phenomenal. Um, he seems to be an extremely clutch player, and I'm going to take Jordan Alvarez, bases loaded, cleanup hitter. Oh, all right. That is it for the superlatives. This was a really fun episode. I'm glad we were able to do this. Uh, no guests today. That guest episode will be coming soon, though. little scheduling issue there, but we were able to put together a really fun show. We will be back tomorrow with a live episode of Flippin' Bats, but this has been a really fun one. We were able to find a way to have a bunch of new segments, introduce a new 25 and under team. Hey, make sure you guys are subscribing wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen. Follow, subscribe, rate it five stars. That stuff really helps. We're also on social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. Flippin' Bats Pod. Check it out there as well. Thank you all for listening. This has been a blast. I will see you tomorrow for the live episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.